Hi, welcome to BA Brew. I'm Jonathan. I'm Liz. And I'm Debbie. Today we've got a special guest, uh, Liz Calder. Uh, Liz, would you like to quickly introduce yourself to our guests, to our audience, please? Yes. Hi, lovely to be here. I'm Liz Calder. I'm currently president of the IIBA UK chapter. So IIBA is the International Institute of Business Analysts and Analysis. And uh, the UK chapter is a networking organisation for BAs in the UK. Um, I've been a BA for about too many years, very many years. I'm not going to say how many. Um, and I specialise in life sciences. Brilliant. It's great to have you on the brew finally, Liz. Uh, it's taken us a few months, hasn't it, to, to get this one organised. <laughs> Brilliant. Right. So we're going to today be unpacking a question around the differences, the overlap, the benefits, the advantages of the internal and the external consultant versus the business analyst. So I'm going to go to Debbie first of all, and I was hoping Debbie could unpack for us what is the difference, what's the overlap between the business analysis role and the consultancy role, please. Okay, well, I think the consultancy role is about offering um, expertise and knowledge so that you can be consulted about something. And I, th I see that as quite a general definition, but it does require somebody who's a consultant to have that knowledge, have that skill that can offer something additional. When it comes to the BA role, a lot of business analysts, probably the vast majority are internal. So I would see the BA role as being one of those roles, and there are many, that offer internal consultancy to their organization. So they can be consulted to do activities such as unpick a problem, look for a root cause of a problem, help the organization to identify different options to solve the problem, help the organization to move towards a solution. So I see the BA role as being a form of in-house consultant. Now, obviously, there are some business analysts who are external consultants who come in to support or to augment the resources in the team, because as we all know, there's a bit of a shortage of business analysts at the moment. So I see the business analyst role as being a form of consultancy role, and it can be internal or external, but I think primarily they tend to work in-house. Mm, interesting. Some good thoughts there. Liz, what would you add? What would you amend? What, what's your view on the, the overlap between the consultancy and the business analysis roles? Yeah, it is. It's quite similar to Debbie's. I think to me, and I've, I've worked in organisations in both, I've worked in kind of BA internal and external consultancy roles. The difference is in the agreement you have on your terms of reference for your engagement with the group of people that you're working with. Um, a BA role tends to go into help solve a long term problem as part of a, of a project. When you're being consulted, it's normally about a much more specific problem um, where you've got, you know, you need to do your contracting up front. So you all have the same understanding of what the solution is you're trying to get to, what the problem is um, and what you will be delivering as part of your consultancy. Um, I think BAs, you you may you can do that as often as part of a, a project role and then and then it goes on. I think the thing with the consultancy is it is discreet and you have, you know, you have an agreement before you go in about what you're doing. 
but the skill sets and the knowledge you need about problem solving and eliciting information from people are absolutely the same. Mm -hmm. So one question that I often think about is the people side of consultancy. Can I just throw that in? Because building on what Liz just said, if you are internal, so an in-house business analyst working in a consultancy vein, and I, I do see the business analyst as a consultancy role, um, you have an understanding of the organization and the people within it, and maybe you have a greater understanding. If you're coming as an external consultant, I think that can be more difficult because there are so many things you have to grapple with. What, what do you think? Yes, I, I mean, I, I absolutely agree. And actually that because I've been, you know, I knew I was having this chat. So I've been thinking this through. And actually, to my mind, one of the really big advantages that an in-house consultant brings is the knowledge of the culture, your organisational culture and the implicit rules by which it operates um, and how decisions are communicated or, or how decisions are shared um, and how people interact with each other. And I find that's often when you get external consultants, that's often an area where they can take a lot of time working through issues because it worked that way in a previous organisation, but that had a different culture. So that solution was appropriate. And actually, that, mm. that that's one, one area I think is is key is that understanding of the intangible um which is a a big benefit that an, an in-house consultant can bring mm. Mm. i'm just going to answer my own question uh, for a second so i worked for a top four consultancy for a number of years and i agree with the views put forward around the difference the overlap um put forward largely but i'm just going to throw in something different as well one of the things that i saw as a consultant was that there were different branches of consultancy. So uh, the performance improvement team that I worked in, for example, would have program management and project management consultants. They'd have enterprise architect consultants. They'd have testing consultants. Um, they would also offer uh, a slightly different part to the organization to me, um, consultants that specialized in merger and acquisition activity. And so there's uh, it's quite a large umbrella term for all sorts of different types of specialisms and Debbie you were talking about they, they bring some sort of subject matter expertise and if you, if you look at the consultancy discipline or profession there are lots and lots of different types of consultant and mm. I think the, a similar sort of thing can be said around business analysis you've got enterprise level business analysts you've got some business analysts will only ever work in a scrum team um, and is that they're a completely different end of the spectrum in terms of their breadth and depth. And yes, there's some overlapping skills, but there's with the, the I guess the premise behind my question is is a little bit flawed because there's so many different nuances of consultant and nuances of business analysts. And and it's really quite a complex picture that we're we're starting to unpack here, I think. Um so sorry, I just thought I'd jump in and answer my own question. Um, so apologies for that. Now, Liz, you'd started to talk about the advantages of yeah. the internal consultant. And I think, yeah, the cultural insight and understanding is one of the big, massive advantages. I'm going to throw in another one and then I'll open it to the floor. The organisational memory. So the internal consultant has knowledge 
of the organization that the external consultant doesn't necessarily have at their fingertips. I think it's one of the big advantages, but let, let's let's see what other advantages we can find for the internal business analyst. Um, Debbie, do you want to throw any in that, you, that spring to mind for you? I think the phrase that I always remember is the internal consultant knows where the bodies are buried, which is sort of around saying they know where there are areas to dig into. They know where there are areas you probably don't want to dig into too much. It comes back to Liz's point about culture, but it also comes back to, as you said, that sort of organisational context and mm. organisational memory, that, that knowing where the levers of power are and things like that. Yeah. I think a lot of that is very subtle and it's very difficult for somebody who's an external consultant, even if they're a highly experienced and knowledgeable BA, mm. it can be very difficult to get to grips with that. And mm. sometimes you you just have to walk on eggshells a little bit, I think, at, at least initially. I don't know what you think, Liz, about that type of thing. Yeah, I, I, I think that's that's really important. And certainly when I've done it from the other side, coming in, you know, coming in as external consultant to bring, you know, an external perspective. And, you know, another company has done it, you know, walk us through it um, against our problems. And then you just somehow just get to a point of, yeah, but that's never going to work here because we don't work like that. And you have to, everybody has to work through that process to understand. And then you are back to, okay, so in this scenario, understanding these are your problems, what will work. And actually, I think a lot of the time, both an internal and an external consultant will do that equally well and probably get to a, a similar point. I think there are points where an external consultant can can bring in, you know, especially technical knowledge. But when it comes to people and how they will respond to change and how the, and where they will respond to change, I think that's an, a huge advantage that the internal consultant has. Um, and also just the ability to be able to navigate the internal document systems and the protocols mm. Um, and be able to access the information that supports the decision making um, in a in a speedy fashion. I think that's a that's a really big advantage of a, of an internal consultant to actually mm. know, be be able to work in the context. Mm. And of course, the other big one with an internal consultant is let's let's mention it, money. Um, it is always less cost to use the people that you have in your own organisation. Um, than to bring in a group of people from outside on top of the people you have in your organisation. So that's often um, something that, you know, is taken into account when deciding whether to go with internal or external consultancies. Mm, interesting. So that that point, and, and let's get into the costing a little bit. Um, there's a perception that external consultants are expensive relative to the internal business analysis resources and sometimes i'd say yes that you know that's accurate um but i'm going to challenge it a little bit as well because there's different types of costs we've got our run the business costs or our operational costs and then we've got um what are called capitalized costs and one of the big advantages of the external consultant is that their costs can be capitalized. So if we're using an external consultant on a project and we're going to capitalize the cost, we're going to spread the cost over a number of years, 
we can capitalize it, but we can't capitalize our run the business costs uh, for our salaries for our internal BAs. And so being able to pull that lever of bringing in the extra additional resources and be able to spread the cost of those resources over several years for the lifetime of the investment offers a kind of a, a big advantage for the use of the external consultant. And in the immediate cost focus, it's not as costly um, because we're going to pay for these consultants over the course of the investment. And the other thing, and I'm, I'm, I'm playing devil's advocate a little bit here, is that we shouldn't always choose on price. We should go for the best quality consultant, be it an internal or an external resource. Whoever's the best set of individuals to do the job, I think, should be the focus because some of the decisions that we help to influence and facilitate as consultants and or business analysts, they're long-term for the organization. So we should be thinking, right, who's, what's the best possible mix of resources? And some of the best teams that I've worked with have been a mix of internal BAs working with the external consultants. And it's rare, I've seen dreadful combinations of internal and external consultants as well, but the best, some of the best teams I've worked with but the internal BAs and the external consultants working in collaboration towards common goals and outcomes. And it, it's been a really positive long-term outcome for the, for the organization. Um, I know I've just thrown some grenades in there. Uh, I'm not sure that's the right term to use. <laughs> or grenades. <laughs> Debbie, yeah, what, would you, yeah. what would you throw in? <laughs> it's interesting though, isn't it? Because I, I think, I think sometimes, and this applies to internal in-house BAs, who, as I say, I consider a form of consultancy role and external consultants. To me, yes, price is an issue and, you know, long-term budgeting over, over short-term um, is, you know, cost center is obviously an issue. But I do think there's also an argument and a story around, expertise and expectation because mm. i've i've worked as both i've worked as an internal b i've worked as an external consultant and i have a very high expectation of me so i have a high expectation of everybody else okay and i think sometimes if people can really extra so if you're employing somebody external what do I want from them? I want somebody who can bring a breadth of um, domain knowledge, maybe, mm. maybe a breadth of understanding of different frameworks and different ways of looking at things, maybe some objectivity, maybe some lessons learned from other contexts that are going to be much more difficult within the in-house team if, if a lot of them have been there for a long time. So there's a certain expectation around that, and you have to balance price against that. Where I find it an issue is if those aspects aren't fulfilled, mm -hmm. you know? So, so I'm, I'm always very sort of careful around these things because I do have high expectations, but then I think the price is justified, no matter mm -hmm. how you account for it. I don't know what mm -hmm. you think about that, Liz, as you've sort of also worked as both yes yeah um i think it's one of those things that you do actually have to 
weigh up what it is you're actually trying to get for your money and be very clear what you're trying to get for your money yes. because you're right if, you, if you're bringing in people on the promise of expertise you need them to deliver it um yeah. so you know that 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 is a, a key thing and i think yeah. it, it's about actually just making that a decision and not as the default going to an external consultancy because yeah. they must be better when you may have other options and i think also yeah. that thing about you know, capitalizing um the cost sometimes it depends on the you know the size of the organizations about how much advantage and disadvantage that gives you and how many people you are trying to to bring in um with you know the very in larger organizations with very large projects and yes that's a that's a very big way of you know a big way of working um mm -hmm. but i think you know there is that am i am i getting the value for the money i'm spending is is a really yep. key question mm -hmm. that every organization mm -hmm. needs to be looking at um yeah. but and i think kind of, kind of, but also kind of just building on this different types of consultancy i think if you've got an internal consultant you probably wouldn't use them for everything you'd use an external consultant for i think there are some things they would do very well and other things like just extra bums on seats you wouldn't um yeah or, or maybe you know a specialist training package well you you know bringing in an external company who yeah. knows that and can implement it um hannah's been through it before that's obvious value um, I mm. think from a business analysis perspective, I think definitely in the, you know, the workshopping and strategic spaces is a place where internal BAs can, uh, not, well, internal consultants can be very useful. Yes. Yeah. And that, that organisational knowledge that they can bring, how things work around here can, can also be really useful for those kind of strategic level and, and discussions and moving it forward in a way that fits for the for the organization and its context um i was wondering if we could um just briefly unpack any tips for anyone that's looking to move um between the roles so it might be someone's looking to move from an internal consultant to an external consultancy position or the other way maybe there's an external consultant listening that wants to become an in-house consultant um Liz, any 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 tips for someone that's looking to move from being an internal focused BA to being an external focused BA, um, working for, a, for an external consultancy? I think it's being very aware of the skills that you've got and the knowledge set that you've got mm. and different different ways of implementing that and less about that value on yourself as maybe a specific domain expert, which is what you do build up internally. But really understanding what it takes to um, understand and contract for a piece of work, you know, if I contract, you know, just agree it. Um, that ability to plan, to scope it, to deliver, um, and just be able to, you know, what is your ability to re to respond when something goes wrong? Um, are you able to do that in a room on, you know, on on your own? Um, on the fly? Do you have extra tools in your toolkit to help you drive towards your goal? I think mm. it really is, there's a lot about understanding what it is that you do and how you get to your end goal by a variety of paths. Mm. So that when not in an organization that you're familiar with and, you know, a problem comes up that you've not encountered mm. before, you've got a, a way to to address things. I think that, you know, that's, that's my, kind of my mm. first thought of moving from in-house to to, a, to another organization 
Yeah, some really good tips there around contracting and being clear on your terms of reference, which I've yeah. found that external consultants can often be a lot stronger at than in comparison to the internal consultant. Yeah. What about moving the other way? Or is there anything that you'd add to that, Debbie? And 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 the secondary question what about someone who's an external consultant that wants to become an internal consultant, which um, could be a career move that some of the listeners are thinking about. So if you're going from being an external consultant to being an internal, and I'm going to say business analysis consultant, because as I said earlier, in my opinion, it's a form of consultant, then my biggest tip is make sure that you really invest in your skills and knowledge to be absolutely indispensable and understand what the skills and knowledge requirements are and what's expected if you become an internal. So, for example, we've already talked about the issue of the organisational context and Liz brought up the issue of understanding the culture. Sometimes when you move internally, um, you don't understand that culture. You don't understand that organisation. On some occasions, you may not understand the domain. You may not understand where the levers of power and the decision makers are. You have to put the effort in to make sure you attain that knowledge and you can work within that. Because if you don't, you're going to find it very, very difficult because the expectation of somebody working as an in-house consultant BA is that they will understand those things. So my mm -hmm. tip is make yourself indispensable, but really work to make sure you've got what is expected. Because if you don't, you're going to struggle. Mm. Uh, uh, those tips really resonate. So I moved from external to an internal consultant position and I uh, found it really difficult to get used to the culture and the ways of working. And um, some of the challenges that I'd faced as an external consultant and overcome they, they, they seemed a lot easier than trying to overcome those same challenges as an internal consultant without that awareness of the culture. And Liz made the point earlier, so I think, you know, both have around understanding the culture and the processes. So one of the tips that I did get while I was a consultant was that if in doubt, consult. And I think we can all use that, whether or not we're internal or external, we're not sure. Find someone that's credible and trustworthy and ask for advice. Find that internal coach or mentor that can help you through navigating whichever position you're in, whether you're an external or an internal consultant. Um, that'd be my tip for moving in between. Um, there's anything you'd add to that in terms of movement from the external to the internal? Yeah, there's kind of a personal experience was moving from an external to a more internal. There's a level of credibility that comes with being an external consultant. You are coming in as an expert and then you you move in as an um, an internal and you know you're you're part of a team, but you actually have to build that credibility within that organization. Um kind of when you're used to coming in and saying, ah oh, well I've analyzed it and I think it should be done like this and no one goes, okay, we'll do it like that, and then it's a bit of a shock to the system. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's actually one of those things where you actually you do have to rebuild your inter mm. your, your credibility again mm. um as you as you move especially into more of an internal role um 
it doesn't kind of come with the with the badge that's behind you so that was a that was quite an interesting one for me when i went you should do this and everyone yeah that's interesting wasn't what I wanted. <laughs> it is quite interesting though that because I, I know exactly what you mean, Liz. Okay. And and I was thinking of the different consultancy experiences I've had in different guises, because I used to work for um a consultancy company. Then I was a freelance individual and I've been an in-house. And I think they all have different facets. But yeah. one of the things that I think you have to think about, and it works differently in those different contexts, is stakeholder engagement and management. Because I think understanding that sometimes you're going to make a suggestion, and as you say, people will just say, oh, right, okay, thanks very much. Anybody else got any other ideas? And sometimes <laughs> you'll make a suggestion, it'll be, wow, that's really good, you know, um, because you do get that little bit of extra credibility sometimes when you come from, you know, these larger companies. And so I think understanding stakeholders and understanding people's sort of viewpoints and perspectives and also being able to negotiate your way through. You know, we often talk about BAs having to have sort of negotiation type skills. I actually think that's really, really important and understanding the different approaches you can take, but also understanding the different ways of, of engaging with stakeholders. It's really, really important because the credibility issue can have a major impact. Mm. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah. And just as you're speaking, Debbie, I think about the kind of professional uh, approach towards articulation of services and selling. The, particularly from the external consultant, they're looking for new opportunities. How can we expand this assignment, bringing more people to help yeah. even more? And I wonder if the internal consultant could think a little bit more about being very professional about the portfolio of services that they offer and also thinking how they can expand their offer of help relative to problem contexts and being confident enough to say, well, we can also help you with this issue over here and being able to back that up with resources. And, and that's one of the big challenges, I think, for the internal consultant is they don't have a bench of resources that aren't sat there being used. Uh, but if we could try and solve that as an internal consultancy offer, that would kind of up, up the level of competition, I think, between the internal and the external um, consultancies. Um, right, we're drawing towards a close. So I'm going to go to Liz, first of all, anything that you wanted to say about these questions of internal and external consultancy business analyst offers? Anything you wanted to say that we haven't covered, Liz? Um, well, I mean, the the thing you should always really look at and so, you know, what's the downside? <laughs> you know, we've kind of been playing the, you know, the internal consultant is great. Um, but, you know, there are there are downsides and and one of those is that lack of um maybe some would say objectivity but you know falling into ways of working that that you're used to um and i think that depends maybe how close your um in-house consultancy is to say what your day job is um i know when i worked you know i, I was in 
life sciences, but I could go and do internal consultancies with, with the finance team. Well, that was so far away from me that, you know, I really was effectively external. Um, mm. But if you, you know, if it, but if you are doing an in-house consultancy with a group of team that you've worked with many times before, then actually having that objectivity, um, trying to get that outside perspective is tricky. Um, it, it can be quite hard to abstract yourself away from this is what I'm used to, to let me actually see what's really here. Yeah, no, some really good, really good points there. And um, definitely resonating with me, Liz. So thank you. Uh, Debbie, anything you'd like to add uh, before we close? I think, I think a couple of things, really. I think try to, if you're in a business analyst role, try to remember that you're a specialist. So whether you're an external or internal consultant, you're a specialist. So bring something extra. I, I always try to think, you know, bring something that is not just, oh, we've always done this, or we've rolled this out before, or it worked last time. You know, always look at particular context because context is, is always key, always, and bring something extra. And I think then if you are, operating in a consultancy vein, whether in-house or external, if you can bring something extra and really bring that professionalism and specialism, then I think you're on a, you're on a good starting point. Um, there's lots more to do, but I do think it's a good starting point. Just rolling out what we've always done is very rarely acceptable. Wow. Some great tips there, and I'm feeling inspired. So thank you for your points that you've made, Liz and Debbie. Um, thanks also to everyone that's listened, that's watched today. Uh, if you like what you've heard, uh, please do like uh, and or subscribe, share the content. Uh, we really would appreciate that. If you've got any ideas for future episodes of the Brew podcast, please do email us at babrew at Thank you very much.